ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official IBHM podcast. I'm your host, Arizona Verse. With me, my dude, Dick Popo. Hello. I'm black, he's Mexican, and now that we got that out the way, welcome to our podcast. This is a podcast about nothing in particular. We're going to talk hip-hop, we're going to talk pop culture, we're going to talk some fuckery, just, you know, whatever comes to mind, you know, no fucking, um... I don't we know. Don't no labels. Yeah, no labels. Yeah, no labels. That's that's the new rule. Hashtag no labels. <laughs> hey, so you can go ahead and find us on the web at our official website, ibhmpodcast.webly.com. On that site, you can find our links to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, WordPress, MySpace, SoundCloud, uh, Podomatic. We, we're all over there. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at who is adversity, and uh, you can find my man man over here on Instagram. That's uh, his main source of uh, social media fuckery, mm-hmm. and uh, that's at uh, Soul Popo, correct? Yeah, at Soul Popo. There's a link to the Facebook since it came message, but yeah, yeah, there, and there you have it. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and dedicate this this first episode to the beautiful. Ava Maria from the WWE. Um, anybody who knows me, I'm a huge pro wrestling fanatic. I've been fucking with it since I was a kid. And uh, they recently dove into the um, social, or excuse me, the uh, reality show world. And uh, they have a new show called Total Divas where it's it's the same old shit you see with every fucking reality show. It's a bunch of bitches just arguing and shit. You know, you know how yeah, it is. Real housewives and loving hip-hop and all that. But anyway, you got some uh, WWE divas doing it. And uh, they introduced a new person, Ava Maria. And um, I, I like. I'm just surprised they didn't do it sooner. Because if you think about it, wrestling was one of the first places where you really saw the behind the scenes or what you thought was behind the scenes. Yeah. The drama and who's hooking up with who. Like, yes. they kind of did that first, way before real world got, you know. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that not being um, not trailblazing I guess you could say you know it's kind of like okay this is the thing that everybody's doing now so let's go ahead and hop on this boat too as well but yeah I mean pro wrestling is the original reality show because I'm sorry to break this to you folks out here but uh, reality TV is not real any fucking show that you have that has some type of producer in it that means it's produced and it's not a reality because reality doesn't need to be produced but yeah so uh yeah so pro wrestling was the original fucking reality tv show that we had out there and uh so i just want to say thank you for bringing eva ava however you pronounce her name maria into my life and um if you guys haven't seen who i'm talking about just do a quick google how do you spell that because i had trouble looking it up earlier uh i believe it is E-V-A Marie, M-A-R-I-E. And then you got to add W-W-E because I guess there was like a saint or something named Eva Marie. Like when I first clicked, I was like, oh, let me look at these pictures. And wait, that's real not. Sinful, like. I was like, that's not her. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a hoe, not a holy one. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and get the show started. Uh, I wanted to talk about something. It wasn't even on the show notes, but uh, it's something that came to be earlier. Um, I wrote a blog back in April, and the name of the blog is The Sagging Pants Myth Needs to Stop. Um, you can find this blog at a different state of black.wordpress.com. 
Um, on the side, it has a little archives, and um, this was written back April 10th of 2013. And um, in the blog, I just kind of touched on the uh, sagging pants myth, and for those who don't know what it is, it's the whole myth that uh, it, that sagging pants originated in prison, and it was uh, to show that your booty was available. And I, I, I just kind of wanted to touch on some other things that may have started you know the second panther may have a uh, a hand in the popularizing uh of of second pants and in the blog i talked about how you know you hear this a lot and me being someone who i haven't spent time in prison i don't really associate with too many people who have done prison time so i was like i won't say that that is entirely false but i use my own personal experience of coming up as a poor young negro boy in south phoenix arizona and um i <laughs> i started sagging my pants back uh like what sixth seventh grade and it wasn't even necessarily to do what was popular and it wasn't trying to emulate any because i didn't even listen to rap music back then that may be a surprise to a lot of people i, I didn't really get into hip-hop music until yeah he speaks well can't you tell <laughs> i didn't get into hip-hop music until like shit like 16 i was i was kind of a late bloomer getting into hip-hop so anyway i during my sixth seventh grade years i started to do the sagging thing or starting to adapt to it and one of the things i brought up on the blog is how poverty plays a hand in sagging pants and uh my whole take on it is that during those teenage years you have these boys who are growing very quick i even i mentioned uh, i remember going from the sixth grade to the seventh grade uh over the course of that three month summer i was like five foot two in the sixth grade and when i came back the seventh grade year i was like five nine i had grew like seven inches in three months i had to stretch marks on my back like i just sprouted just strong black just strong black man all of a sudden and it was just one of those things where you know i lived in a single parent household and so my mom couldn't always afford to keep up with the bright size fitted pants every time so then you start especially around that age you start to buy bigger pants and so the boys would you know grow into them and so that's 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 where me sagging started to come from was that you know the pants were a little bit too big you don't always have a belt you know belts are more of a accessory than a necessity and so you know the pants start sagging a little bit off of your butt and we as minorities are very adaptable if you're in a situation you take a negative and you turn it into something positive and so instead of me looking like an idiot and walking around dorky with my pants falling off my ass you kind of you know you throw a little swag on it you try to you know throw a little style with it and you kind of you know work with it rock with it and um i just put that out there to the to the internet world that you know maybe poverty has something to do with some of this too and my god did people lose their fucking mind i didn't got called a fucking idiot i didn't had other people chime in oh yeah you're a fucking idiot and i i did have a couple correctional officers who chimed in with their experience with working in prison and they said that there is a subculture in jail that that's how they show that they're available because he said something about like in prison uh you 
could have a bell, but something like in the uh, county or in actual jail, you can. Or, and so there's just this whole culture of it where you do have some homosexual males who have the pants where the entire, you know, boxer shorts is showing. And then that's where it came from. And I'm not I'm not once again, I'm not saying that that's not the case, because I'm not talking about just that fashion of what you see the dudes doing now with the complete boxers hanging out. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking Show about me. the pants. You know, just say, sagging a little bit. And I'm just saying it. You know, poverty may have a hand in the beginning of it because I don't believe in absolutes. I don't believe one thing causes something else. It's kind of a combination of society and, and music and, and, and pop culture and poverty and this and that. But you just you have so many people in the world who just kind of think like poverty doesn't cause anything it's just all oh, those people are poor and it's just oh well they could they could go to the goodwill or there's these different organizations that give you all of this stuff and you know being poor is not that difficult because you just get free shit all over the place. you hear republicans say that all the time shouts out to the republicans out there who say shit like that but yeah <laughs> um yeah so i mean that's well, just my take and, and and another thing too usually when when life hands you lemons, you know you're you're kind of forced to make lemonade. You can be exactly. allergic to that shit, but you're gonna make what you can with it, and kind of and, and what do you do? And you make the best out of it, and exactly. then you make it a style, and then it becomes trending. Exactly. And once again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, is uh, the popularization of the N word. Going, uh, my main man Richard Pryor, he was very well known for using nigga all the damn time in a stand-up act, and that came from it was during a time period where you was going around and you was getting called nigga left and right hard r yeah hard r <laughs> and uh richard took that and was like well fuck it you're gonna keep calling me a nigga so fuck it i'm a nigga and you know you take it and you you kind of you you just adapt to the fuckery around you and like you're not gonna break me down with this so i'm gonna take this and you know i'm gonna I'm take it to a whole nother level and that's when the n-word got popular and that that's why i find it funny um especially with the paula dean shit uh since the trayvon martin case like there's so much shit going on on the news where the whole thing right now is can white people say the n-word can they say the n-word and if you're given enough back can, can to what i say to that is no white people just don't use it it's the whole thing is you guys had the word for hundreds of years let us have it. Can we have it for a little while? It's just it's that whole thing that, okay, you know, that's the one thing that they can't do. And they're losing their fucking mind. Like, give me that, too. It's so nifty, though. It's like a term of endearment. You can't just... say with a smile on your face. <laughs> it's just the whole thing. I mean, it's I, it, this is a debate that we'll have until the end of time. And honestly, like, I don't get caught up uh, too much in, like, oh, you can't say this. You know, and it's the whole thing. You know, you have people who you're friends with of different ethnic backgrounds. And, I mean, we all listen to hip-hop music. And nigga is the most popular word in hip-hop music quite frankly and uh so you know i personally don't get caught up into you can't say this you can't but if you're dealing with the general public if you're dealing with strangers I just say be cautious mm-hmm. you you may say nigga to somebody who has a two chains mentality and he may not like that shit that's that shit he do- oh wait no that's, that's keep cheap right yeah, yeah. well you might say something to to keep cheap like and that might be that shit he don't yeah. like 
Good you, you would hope since he's never sober that he probably wouldn't catch most references that people yeah, are saying. Yeah, he probably... Keechee probably has no fucking idea what anybody's talking about. His... I, I couldn't imagine what a day in the life of being Chief Keith is. That's gotta be... No showers, for sure. <laughs> that's gotta be some fuckery. I don't know. I don't know. Go back to the, the Paula Dean thing, just because I think that was a big yeah. deal. I think that was a really big deal. Actually, I have some fuckery with that. I'm, um, anybody who knows me, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Um, I'm pretty sure the NSA is aware of this because I know they have <laughs> access to my YouTube account and I watch some fuckery. But I'm also, I'm, I'm Shout just, out to Jordan Pyle, by the way. Oh, <laughs> bitch ass. That's, 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 that's the story for another day. But, uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a fine believer or I, I subscribe to a lot of fuckery and it's not that I believe every fucking thing that I see and all that but i just i like to stay tuned and in tune and figure out what's going on with in the world and the one thing and i brought that up also once again a different state of black.wordpress.com i had a uh, another blog uh where i talked about the whole um and your levels are still coming Is in it? low just to warn you we'll okay. keep i keep an eye on it I'm not, but, trying to, I'm not trying to give head to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I'm going to crank that up a little bit. But uh, the Paula Dean situation. <clears throat> now, one thing that's interesting. You have Paula Dean, And a lot of people don't know this. Paula Dean got sued by a white woman for feeling uncomfortable at work. And then they did the legal thing when they do all the interview and all that. And Paula Dean was interviewed. And during there is when she brought up some of the N-word shit and so on and so forth. The other thing, though, she said uh, she had some anti-Semitic rants. She had some shit to say about <laughs> the would. Jews. Yeah, you know, normally and that's the thing with any fucking celebrity. Look back at Mel Gibson. When someone gets on a racist rant, it's normally niggas and Jews. Crap, we got to talk about those two. Yeah. And uh, the thing that's just interesting is that it turned from a white woman suing her uh, for how Paula Dean was acting or whatnot, treating people at work and it got turned into uh, oh Paula Dean uses the n-word and then it was just so much shit and, oh well can white people say the n-word and going back to what we said earlier and it was this whole n-word debate they had a whole fucking show on it on CNN the big n-word debate and it was it was hilarious because it was a white woman on there grabbing for sure yeah and that's the thing and to to add to the fuckery like that was one of cnn like cnn's ratings like tripled or something during this because people love some good racism fuckery because you got one side of it who wants to talk about racism and another side of it that wants to deny it and um so they did the whole n-word show and uh the ratings doubled during this time and all that they that it's a hot topic it's going to get people watching it and um it's just funny because like i said it that wasn't what the lawsuit was about to begin with but it got turned into this black people complaining about racism thing and like i would look on tumblr and different sites and all these people oh i don't know why black people are so upset she said that like decades ago and we're and black people are still upset about it uh, newsflash, black people weren't upset to begin with. Once again, it was a white woman that sued her. It was CNN and the media that talked about it. Last I checked, no black people on any TV channels. Nobody cares about the Jews anymore, let's yeah. just be honest. It's, it's, it's just, it's 
some good old fuckery. But, but yeah, once again, black people complaining. That's that's yeah. I guess what we do. And, and can, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> kind of going back into the, her history, like I said, not only uh, the the you know where she's from, her being from the south and it being mostly black and yeah and, and, and things like that. She, I'm pretty sure she's comfortable with saying shit like that. Mm. And because of that, that that's kind of how when people get too familiar, like forgive me when I throw out the word because I get excited and I feel like hey, I'm from the man. Hood. I, I'm, I'm not mad. You know, but that that little thing comes up because it is it is part of our culture. Exactly. So, so I, I don't know if it's the sort of thing to where she just got so goddamn comfortable to where yeah. she feels she can make fun of a Jew or throw out the yeah. N word. You know what I mean? And that's that's the main thing where it comes down to communication. I think not enough people communicate nowadays, and that's the whole thing. Okay, um, you know you have like we we're just saying the hip hop culture. You know, the nigga is the most popular word in hip hop, and you got the great majority of people you know in the world listening to hip hop music. It's that whole thing where if Paul felt that she was around these people and comfortable enough to use these certain slurs instead of just going right into the slurs maybe she should have checked with them like oh is it okay if i you know and then you have that jar you have that 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 friendship that rapport and then you don't give a fuck but but i'm wondering though do you think maybe in in a way do you think she sees herself that highly that these are her little minions so she can say whatever the fuck she wants to say Honestly, if I had to bet money on it, she is a older white woman from the South. I'm pretty sure when she says the N-word, she's using the hard R. I'm pretty sure that's the one she's with. Because, like, going back to, um, trying to tie this all together, going back to uh, Barack Obama, the first time he ran for president against John McCain, who is the senator of Arizona, which we live in, and I, and I don't fuck with John McCain. But my whole thing is I have this theory that by the time you hit about 30 you're kind of set in your ways like however you are by the time you're 30 unless something life changing happens you are who you are at the age of 30 John McCain was 29 when the civil rights movement happened and when you could stop treating niggas like niggas so I'm sorry but something in me tells me that he probably still has some of that ideology because he was a grown ass fucking man by the time the world changed and so I would say the same thing with Paula Dean. I don't know her the age difference between her and John McCain but she came from the south to south I'm sorry y'all it's kind of racist out there it's, I definitely it's 2013 and I'm not fucking driving through the south I'm not doing that shit and it's that whole thing that I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is Oh, especially, yeah, we'll go ahead and get that out the way right now. I am African-American, and I'm in an interracial relationship with a white woman. And so I, we damn show are not, we are not, <laughs> we are not driving through the fucking South. We're not going to make it out. It's, it's fucking West Coast, and it's New York, and all that shit in between. Oh, I'm catching a fucking plane. I'm not driving through no backwoods, and they ain't going to wrong turn me. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Racism, all that stuff, it's not going to leave. It's just, it's not. It's, it's kinda, not. It's ingrained in us. And, and I was cracking up because I was looking at the blog, The Difference State of Black. The first thing that pops up is, I don't know if you want to read this out, but, uh, but Big Brother 15, <laughs> keeping it all the way real. Real prejudice. <laughs> and that was a blog I had to write because, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I watch Big Brother, Big Brother 15, me and my girl, uh, 
we uh, we gets down with the uh, she gets down with a lot of reality TV. I don't get down with a whole lot of it, but this is the one show that both of us watch. And uh, for the people who don't know, um, this is a prejudiced ass cast this year. Now, uh, if you look, if you search on YouTube, it should still be up unless CBS did some copyright shit and made somebody take it down. But somebody put together a big brother bigotry mega myth where it's a 15 minute YouTube clip of different conversations of the big brother um, after dark and it's all the different racist ass shit that a lot of these people are saying it's a lot of Caucasian people from the south it's not that all Caucasian people from the south are racist but you do have a lot of racist people who are Caucasian who are in the south and they it was a lot of fuckery one in particular there's a, a chick named Aaron and she's the main culprit of the racism and it's funny because Aaron's name she's from like Texas and Aaron's name is spelled a-a-r-y-n now if you take that second a and move it between the y and the n you get aryan and last i checked the aryan nation was a very racist and i'm just saying i'm not saying that this is what her parents were trying to do i'm pretty sure her parents realized that oh that's almost as aryan wordplay and then actually it's funny it's another chick named gina marie on the show who's uh another one being racist and uh funny thing is her last name is zimmerman ouch oh killing her like trayvon ouch it's it's just supreme fuckery all over the place but it's just i i wrote a blog about it because uh it was just funny it's a lot of racism going on in the house and a lot of shit and actually the brother Howard just um, got eliminated from the show I think it was last Thursday Mm, and uh, Julie Chan talked to him and she had asked him about the racism and how and all that because it's him and one other black chick and uh, they became real close, they're real good friends and he said that honestly it came out of all the racist bullshit that was going on in the house and it's funny because Erin, her whole thing is like she said like some of the comments uh, I don't of course remember all of them off the top of my head but there was one where they were talking about the chick Candace and um, she's a light skinned uh, sister she, she's pretty cute and um, she's sellable she, yes, <laughs> they, yes. they can't, you, can't, you can't sell too dark of a sister you exactly, can't. exactly, you know how it is going back to We'll just leave it at that. You know how it is. And uh, she's a light skinned chick. And they, the Aaron and Gina Marie and another chick, they were kind of talking about her. And they were talking about how much they couldn't stand that bitch and all that. And they, uh, she said something about how uh, be careful what you say because her black ass might sneak up it on you in the dark and you won't see the bitch coming. <laughs> she's not even dark it was like it was hilarious like that's just when that racism is just so ingrained like i got i got a partner uh friend of mine real dark skinned dude is my dude i got nothing but love for him and that's the joke that i would crack with him oh damn nigga you snuck up on me i didn't see you coming <laughs> that was something i would crack to him because he's dark but you can't crack that with light-skinned black yeah. people. They're just, no, it, that joke doesn't work. You're That's just being you racist. racist yeah. yeah, you're not being funny anymore. You're just being racist. That's all you're doing, so. But, now, and I don't know if this is too deep, because because <laughs> you mentioned Zimmerman earlier. And, come on, and it's recent. And, uh, yeah, you want to touch on that? <laughs> you know, the, the Trayvon Martin thing. 
I mean, it's a tragedy. It definitely is, and um, it's fucked up. I, I'm genuinely one of the people who I do believe that Zimmerman got away with murder. And um, I know half of our audience probably just clicked off right he, there. He, he you was know. doing the Lord's work, though. Oh, man. But no, there, there's a great group of people who genuinely believe that Trayvon Martin was a thug and that he was even like Zimmerman's brother was saying how, oh, and I heard that Trayvon was looking to buy guns and just a whole <laughs> bunch of fuck marijuana. And it's just it's that whole thing of that you have a certain group of people who feel a certain way. They 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 saw that young black man and they automatically assumed that he's a thug. And then I heard the thing, oh well, you know he was a thug because he got sent to live home with with his pops because his mom couldn't take care of him. And it's like, well, have you ever seen the movie Boys in the Hood? Yeah. That was the premise of Boys in the Hood. I'm sorry, but single mothers can't always raise a boy the way a man can and you especially you get in those teenage years you want to see what you can get away with and oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that it doesn't make you a thug it makes you a fucking teenage boy that's how teenage boys are but then it got turned into this whole that he's a thug thing and all that and this is my honest opinion of what happened that night i think i think it was a perfect storm of of uh stereotypes if you will i think what genuinely happened trayvon did his whole thing he went down to the store got his skittles and his iced tea like we've heard a thousand times in the rain in the rain and he came back and he had a hood on he came back now zimmerman and i'm not i'm not even hating on zimmerman but no zimmerman was the neighborhood watch guy and now from all the stories from from what i from what i saw Zimmerman, everybody in the neighborhood knew Zimmerman, but apparently it seems like Trayvon's father didn't know him. So it was one of those instances where all the, you know, people of a certain skin tone knew each other and became friends with one another or whatnot. And then you have this new black man who moves in the neighborhood and on his side too, it may be that whole thing of I'm a black man in a white neighborhood. I don't quite go out of my way to make friends with, you know, we, you kind of have that outsider um, mentality at times. I don't know do you. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, I, this is a nice neighborhood, so I'm going to move over here, but I don't know y'all, so I'm going to kind of keep to myself. So you had a situation where Zimmerman didn't know Trayvon. Then you had, uh, so he sees Trayvon, he sees a black person walking slowly through the neighborhood, and he automatically assumed that the person was up to no good. Now, Trayvon is walking, and he notices that this Caucasian male that he doesn't know is following him. And his whole mentality is, I can't trust this white man. Why is he following me? Let me keep walking around. And I I kept seeing these arguments on Twitter. Well, if he thought somebody was following him, why didn't he go home? Motherfucker, if someone is following you, you don't go home. You don't want them to follow you. You don't want them to know where you live. You don't fucking do that. You keep walking. You know, that's that whole thing. If you're driving down the street and you think somebody's following you make four right turns and if they follow you through those four right turns you know. they're following you yeah. you don't fucking oh i'm gonna drive home and show him where i live why are you following me crazy man you don't fucking do that and so trayvon is now walking through the neighborhood and all that and so now then you come to the altercation and this is just this is all assumption i'm not saying that this is the facts of what happened this is just my opinion 
So then Trayvon finally has enough. He turns around, you know, why are you fucking following me? An argument ensues between the two, and they get into a fight. Now, Zimmerman had MMA training, but from what I heard, his trainer said that he fucking sucked. He didn't know how to fight. Then you have Trayvon. I'm sorry, y'all. He wasn't a thug. He was a geeky-ass kid. You see, he had the Capri Zone and all that. (laughs) There was nothing tough about that kid. So then, with that, he doesn't know how to fight. So now you have two people who don't know how to fight who are fighting each other. And maybe Trayvon got one good hit in, and that's how Zimmerman nose got broke. If you catch somebody with a one real quick hot one to the nose, if you catch them the right way, you could break them. And then Zimmerman was bleeding on the back of his head, and he was oh, it's because he had my head and he was slamming into concrete. No, they were probably scuffling like this and Trayvon probably scratched the back of his head as they're fighting. And that's the reason why he was bleeding from the back of his head. Then, um, you know, Zimmerman basically gets his ass whooped. Then he realizes that this is a fucking kid that just whooped his ass. And so now his manhood is really hurt because he's trying to be the hero. He, you know, they, there were stories that there was break-ins in the neighborhood. And so he's trying to be the the, the hero and you know I'm gonna stop these crimes from happening and I just got my ass whooped from by this kid and then he's breathing hard and he tapes the gun and he's aiming the gun at Trayvon and then that's when they hear the screams on the on the 911 calls you hear somebody rhythmically yelling help and I'm assuming that that is after the fight that's when Trayvon has his hands up and Zimmerman is pissed off he's breathing hard he doesn't know what to do his anger is taking over him he got the gun at him and he shoots and he kills the kid and the whole thing like somebody did a video on it it was pretty interesting and he was showing how it was impossible for Trayvon to be on top of him and beating the shit out of him and all that and then for him to get shot because one thing if Zimmerman was on the ground and Trayvon was on top of him and he shot Trayvon the way he did one thing is where's the blood from Trayvon on Zimmerman if gravity is a motherfucker and if somebody is over you and you shoot them that blood is going to come down and splatter on you there last I checked there was no Trayvon blood found on Zimmerman the other thing when they found Trayvon's body he was laying on his back with his arms crossed like this if somebody if once again you're on top of somebody and they shoot you and you just killed somebody and they fall on you how are you going to get them off you you're going to throw them over to the side you're not just going to gently place them over to the side just the whole it just it doesn't make sense I mean, there's 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 strong, very strong elements of being set up. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, how you said about the body positioning. Mm-hmm. But if I can play um, racist advocate, go ahead. Mind you, this is this is a very white neighborhood. Yes. Not too many colored folks. Exactly. On top of that, this one colored folk didn't mm-hmm. introduce himself. Didn't show his yes. ID and his ball sack yes. to know, to to show who it really is. Yes. And. I mean, and obviously Zimmerman not considering, okay, why is this kid going in circles? It just yeah. seems more suspicious. Yeah. So, I mean, so of course, naturally... Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to um, add to what you're saying. Okay. Go ahead. All right, so so, so naturally, so, uh, you know what I'm saying, being the the top flight security of the cul-de-sac, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you, you want to make sure that this, that this suspicious-looking character, who once again is running through the rain, and yeah. apparently, from what I heard, I don't know if this is a fact or not, yeah. The convenience store wasn't very close to his house, okay. so I mean he's doing something around there. He could have been seeing a lady friend because he was yeah. talking to some girl on the phone, yeah. but he was visiting somebody, so he wasn't in an area that he would normally be in, or yeah. that it would be very inconvenient, especially for some Skittles and some kind of drink, yeah, yeah. which, mind you, got um, misconstrued or interpreted as um, I'm just in the right sweet spot. Oh now. yeah, you, you hit that sweet spot. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike's. Uh, <clears throat> no, but the. the 
No, you good. You good. Are we, are we still going? No, yeah, keep going. Okay, yeah, okay. I didn't stop it. I didn't stop okay, it. Okay, all right. We'll, this, we'll is, edit. this is how we do it in the <laughs> podcast world. This is real life. No fucking edits. This is reality, y'all. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. <sighs> Speaking <I'll> of it. <laughs> so, I mean, so on that, so obviously you just, you've seen all this and, and, and being the big-headed motherfucker that he probably was, which I, yeah. I, I mean, took it upon himself to, to, to do all this, but... Yeah. From what I've seen, because they showed, because you know, living in the world that we live in now, yeah. if shit gets fucked up, they're gonna search your records, they're gonna search your emails, mm-hmm. they're gonna search your Facebook, yeah. all you hoes posting all the retarded stuff. Anyways, <laughs> they showed pictures of him though, yeah. talking about I'm gonna kill this fool and yeah. I'm gonna kill that fool, and seeming he, real ignorant. Yeah, and seeing my thing though too is to add to that, if if we had social media when I was a teenager and people read that shit. I'm just saying, I had some fucked up views going back then. And then, you know, you as a teenager, you say certain things and so on and so forth. It was funny because, like, I just heard some of the Trayvon was, you know, he was flipping off and they uh, flipping off the camera and the gold grills and the rap music and he had THC in his system and this and this and that. The other thing, that's also describing Justin Bieber. And I don't see anyone shooting him as he walks through a neighborhood. (laughs) I don't see that happening. And I honestly think if if Trayvon was an Asian kid that had his hoodie on and was walking through the neighborhood, I don't think that would have happened. But to play devil's advocate, though, I, I'm a realist. And now a lot of black people aren't going to like what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I My other thing is that it's kind of situations like this happening is kind of our fault as well. Now, there's a lot of racism in the world. Yes, there's a lot of people who stereotype and me, myself, I'm one of the safest Negroes you can meet. I don't have a criminal (laughs) record. I don't even have as much of a speeding ticket. I've never pushed weight in the streets. I've never done none of that. I'm a nine to five uh, guy, you know. But even with that, I'm constantly, I walk into a store and I'm being watched. I'm being followed by security guards. I've done the whole thing where you get in the elevator, somebody clutch your purse and all that. It's just reality. When someone who doesn't look like you, you act a certain way. But this is my take on it. And this is a, this is a call of arms to all of my African-Americans and just everybody in general. Now, we as African-Americans, we feel that we're treated a certain way by police. We're profiled by police. So to solve that, we need more black cops. So more black people strive to be black cops. We feel that the Trayvon situation was fucked up. It was a a travesty. The, uh, the, um, what is it? The prosecutors didn't do a good enough job. Well, we need more black lawyers then. We don't like the way the judge does this. Well, we need more black judges. Going back to the days of Malcolm X, Malcolm X was um, a powerful brother. Like during Black History Month, you get all the Martin Luther King stuff. And I don't have a problem with Martin Luther King, but Malcolm X was the one that was really saying, some shit and I remember Malcolm X had and I'm paraphrasing of course but Malcolm X had said that African Americans need to stop sitting around and waiting for white people to treat them as equals you don't like how you're being treated in a society then you 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 uh, politically and socially and economically you just you get yourself into the community that's the reason why going back to what we were saying with Paula Dean and with you know anytime somebody gets racist is you know you have the the black rap and the Jewish rants and all that but the Jewish people don't go through this shit because there's Jewish cops and there's yeah. Jewish lawyers and they know how to they 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 practice group economics and they know how to keep their money in their community and so on and so forth and that's the reason why you can't fuck with Jews like that 
but black people, unfortunately, we got too many people who want to aspire to be rappers or entertainers or ball players, and that's the reason why we control, or not even control, but that's why we're so prominent in the well, that's the reason why we're so prominent in the entertainment world because we have a lot of people that do that, but we unfortunately don't have enough people who get onto the political side and the lawyer. And of course, this goes for me too. You know, I I make hip hop music myself, but I also I'm in the IT field. You know, I'm an IT systems analyst. You know, so it's about it's just about taking and don't expect people to treat you the way they treat the people that look like them you know you just you gotta kind of take control of this shit and if you don't like how cops are treating you we need more black cops we need more black lawyers black judges you know barack obama is a black president which is fantastic but it's only so much you can do because there's no black people in power fucking under him work it's still it's still fucked up you know and so once again the whole trayvon martin thing is a travesty but if we want to stop this from happening us as African Americans, we need to do more in the community and with our choices of employment and our career paths and all that. And then the shit wouldn't happen because once again, the shit doesn't happen to Jews, and it's because <laughs> they they're fucking smart. You know, a lot of people talk shit about Jews and being cheap and being this and being that, but no, them motherfuckers practice group yeah. economics. I, I read an article earlier this year, not to keep going on on a rant. But uh, I read an article earlier this year, and they were talking about how African American spending at a, is at an all time high. But sixty percent of our money goes to Koreans, and then the great majority of the money outside of that goes to Caucasian businesses and all that. That's the reason why black businesses don't survive or don't stay around because black people aren't supporting it. You know, it goes back to like we we're saying the whole Barack Obama thing. Yeah, we have a black president. Black people didn't get him into office. White yeah. people got him into office. And so it's that whole thing when you have famous or, or black people who are rich, the Jay Z's, the Lil Wayne's, it's white people there who are supporting yeah. hip hop. Sixty percent of hip hop music is purchased by Caucasian people. It's not black people making them rich because unfortunately, black people don't spend money on other black people. And another thing too, one of the unfortunate things as far as the it being cool to be black because it is i mean if you're black you're cool we cool y'all you're real cool (laughs) (laughs) and and that very thing i think is what sold barack obama because you're right he has white supporters he's one of the richest people behind him was it with not goldwater sachs my god that's that's the biggest funder you can have it's about who who's sponsoring you know this event was brought to you by they're the ones running shit (laughs) and kind of like to go back about the the big brother thing i mean what's in i mean race you know who who can you automatically adapt to who can who can a poor little black boy aspire to your Barack Obamas, but if we really want to get into the conspiracy theory sort of thing, kind of mm-hmm. maybe to maybe to dwell into our, our album reviews that we got coming up. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but Wale actually says a line about, uh, "What well, would you believe if I told you that you know Barack, Barack wasn't a, wasn't really a black, but it appeared that way?" So yeah, he, can, he had the nice tan and so on and so. And honestly, to be a hundred percent honest, I still don't subscribe to the whole Barack Obama being the first black president because he's missed. started with Clinton. Well, yeah, and yeah, Clinton was as black as they come, y'all. Come on, we, us black people, we had a racial draft, and we drafted Clinton, and we're not giving them back. Clinton is ours. I'm sorry, y'all. But no, Barack was, uh, is half black, half white, as everybody knows. He was raised by his white mother in a bunch of white communities. So he, he isn't Tyrone off the block becoming president. He isn't Jay-Z becoming president or whatnot. He's, 
he's not the 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 brother that um and not even to sound stupid but just like i say he's not the brother off the block you know so he's it's, a well to good he's a well to do kind of guy yeah and the whole thing to going back to him being mitts he's also not the first mitts president if you go back in time during the fucking um the 1800s and so on and so forth there was a lot of presidents who were mitts with indian blood and different things like that but we don't ever say oh that was the first name no it's because he looks black yeah. that's our first black president <laughs> you know and i had i had uh posted a picture on twitter or something one day i forgot what it was but um take barack obama take halle berry take the dude peter wentz i believe that's his name from fallout Boy, yeah, Pete wentz. and take uh what's his name slash the guitar player i think he's from yeah. guns and roses he just <laughs> all of them have the same amount of african-american blood in them yeah <laughs> so, see, you guys can't see it his eyes just lit up they have the same all of them have a black parent and a white parent but we look at Holly Berry and Brock as mm-hmm. being black because they appear black. And we look at Peter Wentz because his mom is like uh, Jamaican or of Jamaican yeah. descent or something like Some that. Some kind of Korea. Yeah. And then Slash from Guns N' Roses. I, for, I don't have Wikipedia in front of me right now, but one of his parents is black. But once again, we look at them because people, I'm sorry, but people are lazy and we only look skin deep. And so you look at that person, hmm, dark skin, big nose, that's a nigga. that's how it is or you look at that guy oh he has straight hair he has the smaller nose he's of European descent and that's just that's how we are as a society right so yeah so we're image. gonna go ahead. Oh, did you have something else? No, just just image. Just. <laughs> I, I, there, there's so much. I, I almost felt like I should have defended the Jews for a second, but I'm like, but they run Hollywood. They don't need any more hype. I'm sorry, Jews. And, we love you. I mean, yeah, and just like you said, I mean, they have a lot of power and influence, and that's the reason why you can't fuck with them. And that's the reason why I'm also not saying anything bad about them because I don't want the podcast to get shut down. <laughs> we love you guys. We do. <laughs> Jubla, baby, Jubla. <laughs> and, and then if I, if I get in a biblical quick oh, little rant or whatever, something like that, uh, I mean, they're the chosen ones. And I, I get real upset. I've, I've had some with Jewish homies because I, I try to grow my beard in a certain way to kind of yeah. make me appear kind of terroristy, sort of, you know, just to, to get away from the old, you know, beaner charm. And and they'll straight, they'll straight up tell me, like, one, one was hating on me big time. He was a barber of mine yeah, who was yeah. Jewish and Russian or something. And me being the, you know, biblical kind of cat that I yeah. am, I like bringing up, you know, biblical stuff. And he gets mad because he's not up on his Torah, and, uh, and, and but he'll but he'll straight up tell me his finisher, his finish him move is like yeah. there's a reason why you weren't chosen. That's fucked up. That's all bad. We should say a little prayer, Lord. Please allow us to be able to indulge in what our passions have fueled us with, and whether it be ignorance, intelligence, or straight up enlightenment. <laughs> Father God, please be with us, <laughs> for the devil cannot hold us down. You gay. All right. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Devil, you gay. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and talk some hip hop, uh, which we'll probably do a lot of uh, on this podcast. Both of us are hip hop heads. That's um, how we became to be friends through the beauty of hip hop. Fancy. It's what yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hip hop for sure. <laughs> so uh, last month was a big month in hip hop. We had uh, Wale, J Cole, Mac Miller, Jay Z, and Kanye, who all came out with brand new fucking CDs. And um, 
It was an exciting time for hip-hop. You don't get a lot of that nowadays. Uh, I really like how J. Cole, Kanye, and Mac Miller came out on the same day. Because honestly, um, sorry to all the Mac Miller fans out there. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have bought that CD. <laughs> I only bought it because it, or actually, it was two reasons. It was one, because it came out the same day as the other two CDs. I was already going up to Target to cop them joints. And then the other thing was that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, this the uh thank you it was a cough but thank you oh. i had to take the blessings anyway uh, the other thing was that uh fucking uh madu peter rosenberg from hot yeah. 97 uh i subscribed to their youtube channel and my dude uh really i just saw your facebook message <laughs> yes we are recording and uh okay. we uh it's all good all right let's go let's roll with it let's roll with it i didn't know i it's that real life yeah, shit. Real life. Praise oh. be happening. Random times. All right. But, but no, uh, Peter Rosenberg. So yeah. I'm subscribed to Hot 97 on their YouTube. And uh, Peter Rosenberg uh, had went to the the album release party for that and the Kanye and all the other CDs. And um, his personal opinion was that Mac Miller had the better CD out of J. Cole, Kanye, and him. Now, I will say that... that Mac Miller is Jewish and Peter Rosenberg <laughs> is Jewish. There's a little slant to that. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. But we'll get into how. Go ahead. I'll just say the the blood run deep. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And once again, that's not an anti-Semitic rant. I'm just saying we are known to people. We're humans. We we we. You look out for your people. own. You look out for your own. Exactly. So he's going to give him some press real quick. Hey, fuck J Cole, Kanye. Fuck with this Mac Miller. But before we get into the album reviews, uh, just so you could get an idea of our flavors when it comes to hip hop. I'm going to ask my man Dick Popo, who are your three favorite MCs? It could be all time. It could be right now. It could be any criteria you want to use. Three of your favorite MCs. And that's where it gets really tough because we can go, though. If you go the old route, you know, who's a G.O.T., who's, you know, who's the best. You you have your rundown Tupacs and your, you know, mm. things like that. Not to discredit, but, I mean, mm. you know, people, we give glory to the to those that kind of set way. But, yeah. so I'll say, as far as who, who's out right now, because it's, it's, it's unfair to, to kind of, yeah, to, to go back to, without sounding all blank and, uh, and whatnot. Um, most definitely, I had to give love to Kendrick, you know what I'm oh. saying? <laughs> Real fast, and, and I... And I love this guy because he's he's just he's super ill. He's he's yeah. witty. He's he's all this. I hate him because he <laughs> made me stop writing for a little bit. And I hate to give oh, anyone no. that kind of love and respect. No, I know. Yeah. But he he really made me look like I'm like I can say that I can yeah. pronunciate my words and, and, and you know and it could be cool in hip hop what because Lupe wasn't doing it I love Lupe but he was he he, yeah. he wasn't really taking it as far as that goes and that's yeah. another debate and battle yeah. Um, but yeah just love that uh, so we'll say him okay um, really especially with this with the whole new album thing I I really think Wale I mean yeah I, I, I don't want to say too much about how I feel who took the cake yeah. but but Wale's definitely up there and yeah, he's doing his thing he made a big pre- Progression from him, you know, from attention deficit, you know, yeah. which was just I don't know what it was, and then you, whether you want to say he sold the soul and got his MMG on, and <laughs> and it sounds sicker than, than than ever, but but he still he still hits you with uh, political and social yeah. commentary while you know so- sounding fly as hell. Yeah. Um, and then the third one, I don't even know who the hell I'd give that to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll just roll with the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, that, I'll, that I'll, those are two right now that make noise. So I'm going to say my three favorite 
MCs. I'm going to go all time just oh. because these guys are still current. It's like a black man with a one-up, man. Oh, I got to one-up them. Oh, <laughs> that's how I do it. <laughs> but, no uh, relations. Going uh, favorite MCs, I would have to go uh, number three for me personally is Nas. I'm a big fan of Nas. He uh, Nas has the kind of shit where like I can listen to like a Nas CD from ten years ago and be like, oh, I didn't even catch that. Like uh, he Nas is like the encyclopedia MC, if you will. Now my biggest hangup with Nas though is Nas isn't that charismatic, and mm-hmm. Nas has horrible beat selection. Nas does not have an ear for beats at Never. all. That has always been his biggest flaw is he can't get the right beats under him to make his shit pop out. But, you know, I'm real big on songwriting and lyrics, so that's why I fuck with him. Uh, another one of my favorite MCs is uh, Eminem. The white boy yeah. can go. I've been a big fan of Eminem since fucking he first came out with the Hi, my name is... Yeah. what. I've been a big fan of his ever since then. I think that he has shown a lot of um, progress, like over his career. Yeah. He's really like listened to old Eminem and new Eminem, regardless of if you like the new direction of his music. As a MC, as the technical side of it, he only gets better with every yeah. CD he puts out. And then uh, my other favorite MC, which I know that my man over here will not agree with, Jay Z. I'm a big uh, Jay Z stan. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, y'all. He got me. <laughs> he got me. I, I fucks with Jay. I've been a, that, that diamond in the sky. Why don't you? <laughs> I've been a, I've been a big fan of Jay since back in the day, and we'll get more into that as we get to the album yeah. reviews. But uh, not to go on too long, but just current MCs who are the new up and coming generation that I really fuck with is um, I gotta agree. Kendrick Lamar is one of the illest fucking dudes. I at this pace. Yeah. And I'm putting this right. I'm putting this out here right now. At this pace, if Kendrick Lamar stays consistently putting out good music, how he has been with Good Kid, Mad City, and Section 80, he will be in my top fucking five within another album or two. The kid is phenomenal. That's one of the greatest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If y'all haven't checked out Good Kid, Mad City, what the fuck is your life about? That was that that CD is one of my favorite top 10 CDs of all time. I thought that was phenomenal. The story and how it played off of itself like that was a hip hop movie. That was something else. I was impressed in it. Even me personally, as a uh, independent artist that puts music, it made me change how I come at writing albums. I was like, like this kid is doing something else. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to step my game up. And so, yeah, fucks with him. Another one, uh, Wale. Same thing. Wale. I'm a big fan of Wale. I was disappointed in the Ambition album. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that album. It had some cuts, but yeah, you know, it, it, the title track was really ill, only because that yeah. one line, uh, opportunities ain't given, they're taken like in the sessions, I, that wasn't yes. even him who said it, but. <clears throat> and it was, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was kind of me hating at the time, because I, I didn't. That's when he made the switch too, right? What's up? That's when he made the switch, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the MMG switch, and maybe my hatred for the man they call Rick Ross, maybe <sighs> it made me uh, feel a certain way about Wale aligning with them, but I mean, it is what it is, that's a whole nother, but I don't know, the CD. It, it didn't I don't know it didn't have that that 
I don't know, something like going back to attention deficit. That CD was all over the place. Straight backpackers, straight. Yeah, but he like he impressed me with his. Uh, he had that nine zero two one zero song, <laughs> which single. I thought was a real sick song. And it like I like when you have an artist that kind of brings something where oh I didn't look at it from that point of view and that was kind of like one of those records and he had the record too uh, Shades with Chrisette Michelle when he was talking mm-hmm. about how it felt to be an African immigrant around uh, living in America and all that and it was just I was oh this dude has something to say I was like oh this is dope but then um, yeah but yeah and we'll get to the Gifted album when we get there so, so your third? Who's, who's third? your third? This is tough for me because I want to say J. Cole, but my mm. God, J. Cole, if you're not disappointing me, we'll get more into that a little later. Yeah. But J. Cole is kind of setting me another just an honorable mention of a MC that a great majority of people probably haven't heard of this guy is uh, XV. Have you heard of this guy? No. Nah. This uh, there's a kid XV. from Wichita. LV? Uh, X. Like oh, okay, XYZ, XV. Okay. Yeah, okay. uh, did you do the the pop culture uh, mixtape? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. He had a mixtape album called Zero Heroes, and it was fucking phenomenal. And I'm a big fan of this kid now, but he's not heavy in the game like that just yet. And that was so far. I've heard several of his mixtapes, and Zero Heroes was the only one that really caught my attention. But SV, whenever you drop the album, I'm waiting. I'll buy the shit. I'll check the shit out. I fucks with him. Shouts out to SV. So uh, let's get into these yeah, albums, man. Let's, let's talk. Uh, first album that we're going to talk about is Mac Miller uh, what the fuck is the name of this yeah. album Long ass fucking watching movies with the sound no. off which I'm sorry <laughs> I have no idea what that means <laughs> do you know what that means I, if assuming he's this spiritual guy because he does make a reference to your way in one of the tracks I am yeah. assuming he's this spiritual guy <laughs> it's him saying I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give him too much credit and say he's deep mm. thinking that that this album is a facade of what we feel we need in uh, in the hip hop game. So yeah. pretty much, he's just giving you image. He's just giving you what you want to hear. That's deep. That's deep. That, Do I yeah. think he's that deep? No, but that's my interpretation <laughs> and how why I would want to use a name like that. <clears throat> and actually, you might have a good point because. That would make sense because if you're watching movies with the sound off, it's all imagery. It's all pictures. It's no, you know, just kind of take this for what it is and all that. So that might be what it is. And I think I didn't fully look through it, but I kind of looked on his on the Wikipedia page. I didn't see anything that said exactly his take on what um, it was. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my thoughts on this CD. And I'm going to say that the Mac Miller CD was not bad at all it surprised me this i'm brand new to mac miller i know he had another cd called blue slide park that came that out was so wack. was it i <laughs> never <laughs> heard it like i've never i downloaded uh one of his mitts tapes i can't for the light best day ever best day ever maybe um i downloaded that mitts tape and um the only song i liked on he had a song with kendrick lamar and that's what yeah. caught my attention i can't remember the name of Emma. Is, is that, the, is that the, the one where he had some kind of Trump? Because uh, I think that's what yeah, got him famous. Trump? That was the track that kind of got him out there, that whole Donald Trump yeah. or Trump or whatever that was. But yeah, that... It might. I think it was uh, on that one. Or it, it might, that might have been off of Blue Collar. It was one of those things that got, that got him popping off because one thing I, I will say to his respect, as much yeah. as I feel like 
he is in one of the best. Yeah. I mean, because he's, he's up and coming. Yeah. It's just the fact that he just has really good flow, and it's easy to listen to. It's, <laughs> it's smooth listening music. And kind of to go back to about the the name of the album, if you look at the album cover, he's naked. It's like, so in, in, yeah. in retrospect, watching movies with the sounds off kind of sounds like me jerking off in the restroom. <laughs> I put it on mute so you can't hear all the moaning. I do my business. Yeah. And, you know, that's And then you're movies. stripping it down, and you're just getting to the bare minimal or whatnot so yeah i mean that that would make sense honestly that and that's a better explanation than anything i had i was like i don't know what <laughs> My pervertedness that has gotten us somewhere deep <laughs> but you know what the album i won't say it, it wasn't bad yeah. it wasn't bad at all was there standout was there standout tracks to me no not really besides that's the one with problem not one besides the one with uh uh tyler the creator at the end because i never yeah. heard tyler set like being a clubby sort of yeah. song it was kind of a clubby song uh, but besides that, I, it, the, the album was playing the background while me and my cousin were playing video games. Yeah. and That's that kind of CD it is. That's my take on it, too. I would give it three out of five stars because I would say, like, I bought, I went to Target and I spent the ten bucks to get it the first day it came out. Do I regret buying it? No. You know, but it won't, it's not a CD where I'm going to be like, I hop in the car and you know i take my ipod out and oh let me throw that mac miller on it's more of a cd where if i have it on shuffle and stuff pops up then you know i fucks with it but like you said there's not really any standout tracks there's a couple of tracks that i like like he had the joint with absol um, oh yeah you can't you, you uh, gotta love any track with them yeah uh, uh schoolboy q, q j electronica tyler the creator like he had the um sds song um uh, I forgot the name or what the fuck it meant, but uh, he he had some good songs on yeah. there, but he didn't have a standout track. So that's my take on it. And then and my other thing too is just Mac Miller is one of those abstract MCs, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's one of those things where like going back to us talking about the album title, uh, title watching movies with the sound off. That's fantastic to be abstract, but if I if the shit doesn't make or if 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 it doesn't oh 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 oh, oh hello <laughs> hello i think we cut off but now i'm back at it uh, 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 uh. i think we're good good segue yeah. segue but uh going back to mac miller uh he's a little abstract for my taste and i wish that um are we on So, Mac Miller. Uh, my biggest problem with Mac Miller, he's a little abstract for my taste. And there's nothing wrong with being abstract and, like, you got to look in for a deeper deeper meaning. But then sometimes you get certain people who uh, you're just not making sense, but you're calling it abstract. So then it's, oh, you got to look deep within yeah. for And I'm not saying that that's what he is, but it's just, I don't know. I, I still, I came out the CD, I still don't know who Mac Miller is. I still... Yeah don't know what he's about yeah and that's going back to like uh the tyler the creator cd uh wolf as you know i'm i'm brand new to the whole odd future thing i hadn't really fucked with them you know and then i topped that uh tyler the creator wolf cd and i was blown away i was oh shit this is a dope ass fucking cd and the other thing i liked about it was after listening to the cd i get him now oh i see what you're doing it makes sense now and so now yeah i'll fuck with you from here on out i get what you're doing but mac miller i still yeah. don't get what you're doing um the cd's over i'm still confused i think it's that stoner trance 
and and you know me being one who indulges on a little something uh sometimes you just really get too deep into thought to where you're gonna lose your audience you know what i'm saying and unless i'm right there hitting the bong there with your brother like i'm i I don't know what's going on and and actually i do enjoy abstracts i love digging deeper i'm the geek to where yeah no go ahead go ahead oh no i was gonna say i mean that's that's what you want as a fan but because i'm not a fan I have no interest in digging any deeper. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. It's like, because that, that's the same thing, especially like you, uh, you can take a look at my um, movie collection, like the movies that I like. And like, I'm a big Matrix fan. I fucks with the Matrix. Oh. Hashtag NERD. Hashtag Black Nerd. And uh, no, but I fuck with uh, the the uh, Matrix. Uh, Jim Carrey had the movie Internal Sunshine and a Spotless oh, Mind, which I thought was dope. Uh, you know, I, I I like record or I like uh, you know things like that that you you kind of don't get everything on that first list or you got to kind of dive in. But just like you said, that's the big issue. I'm I came out the CD and I'm still not a Mac Miller fan, so I don't feel like digging deeper into him so three out of five sounds about right yeah because right. like i said it's not bad it's, it's, it's not easy bad. listening yeah exactly <laughs> but it's something i'm throwing on in the back as i do yeah. something else so uh next cd we're gonna talk about j cole born center now oh. do you want to take it first or you want me to take it first uh well um I, uh, what I will say about the J. Cole, because I've been a yeah. fan. I've been a fan since Friday Night Lights. Mind yeah. you, he might have been out before then, but that's when I took notice yeah. of him. That album was awesome. Maybe I love the fact that he sampled Erica Badu twice <laughs> in that thing, but it, it was a good. It was solid. Then the, then the actual album comes out, and obviously nothing kind of lives up to your mixtape hype. Yeah. Um, but the Sinner... I, I noticed this with the Jay-Z. I noticed yeah. with the Kanye. Yeah. Everyone's kind of... They want to bring out the, the... Bring up controversial, spiritual things. Yeah. And I feel as deep as they try to take it... Because I feel like Jay... And you know, I'm not a fan of Jay. I feel like he did it better than, than Kanye. And Kanye, I figured, was the one who I was more more excited by hearing yeah. things like that about. But Jay, who I feel was obviously on the coattails of both of these people... Because they're far you know superior yeah. to him. Try to go for that same thing. But mm-hmm. I just... I wasn't... I feel like it wasn't... He wasn't very enthused about it. And it, didn't, yeah. it didn't go very deep. And this is my take on it. And shouts out to uh, the big homie Meme Mugger 11 on uh, YouTube. He does a lot of how I feel about uh, vlogs, if you will. And um, he summed it up perfect for me by titling the album Boring Center. And that's exactly how I feel about it. I'm a big fan of J. Cole's older, earlier work. Same thing. Friday Night Lights is when I first got into J. Cole. And uh, the It's a Cold World or whatever the other mixtape was. It was like, oh, my God, this is like the hip-hop savior. This dude is going to come and change the game. But he hasn't. And the sideline story was good, but not great. This CD too, same thing. It's good, but it's not great. And my biggest thing too is that the CD was too long. It was too long. I wish he would have cut about five songs. Like this is what I think. I think J Cole would benefit from a situation like Mac Miller's. He would benefit from being on an independent label where he's in control of his shit. 
I think J. Cole's biggest issue is he's under, the, like you said, he's under the shadow of Jay-Z, so he's trying to be Jay-Z, but he's coming out as Jay-Z light. He's trying too hard to <laughs> be, version. to cross over commercially, and like he even brought it up on the standout record for me, Let Nas Down. I like that <laughs> how he mentioned that, that I'm under Jay's wing. I have to put out hit records. That's what Jay does. That's what I have to do if I want to stay on this label. But J. Cole, that's not what he's good at doing. He's never been good at making those records. And he stands out on the Friday, on the, he stands out on the deeper, or just not even necessarily the deep, but him talking about life of being, you know, the college graduate and, you know, the, his life. He's good at doing that. He's not good at making radio-ready yeah. songs. And I think this that's what this cd suffers from is he's trying to be something that he's not and if he maybe if he was on an independent label and he was doing everything by himself it would come out so much better but it yeah once again same thing as mac miller it wasn't bad but it wasn't great at all part creative control part um I was like part creative control, just part not not a not being able to do him. That I guess that's that's creative control in itself. Yeah, and it's just yeah, and I I, I think if the J Cole on a major label will benefit from doing like ten songs on an album, keep it a lot shorter because that's the other thing. Like you said, he didn't seem enthusiastic. He he, there was no enthusiasm on this CD, and that's and that's why like this fucking CD is so weird to me because. It sounds better than Sideline Story, but the songs I liked on Sideline Story, I like a hell of a lot better than the songs I like on this CD. So it, it, the CD just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get it. And then on top of that, the, the songs that I liked on Sideline yeah. were the songs that were on the Friday Light Nights mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> it is just, I don't know, and like, I, I think I would like to see J. Cole, the rapper from the mixtapes era with the producer j cole from this cd like the beats were pretty good but him as an mc he kind of like he he evolved as a producer but he fell back as an mc he really he really digressed he he doesn't he just didn't have that energy the enthusiasm is just it just kind of came off lame and, and mind you, the mixtapes, and that's where you have more creative control, and that's where you have more freedom. I feel like that was a better expression of himself. Like the dig, um, deep thinker J. Cole is the dope J. Cole. Because yeah. cause when, he ha- when he's having to say, look at his mentors and have to live up to such standards, that, that takes away from his creativity, and that doesn't allow him to push out quality sort of stuff. Because like you're right, and, uh, actually now I remember what I was trying to say, um, half um, one part uh, creative control, the other part, and I just forgot the second thing. <laughs> damn my stoner self! God damn it! Uh, that that life. <laughs> that life. But uh, kids don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do it. And alcohol neither. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, just just be walk the straight and narrow, quick, kids. Quick PSA. <laughs> but um, I guess let's go into the next yeah. CD. Um, Keeping in the order of um, stature, for lack of better word, um, Net CD Wale. Oh my God, I'm actually upset. The of gifted. That. 
I know. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I'm trying to go in the stature of their commercial accessibility. No, 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 no. I'm getting a feeling that this is a, this is your favorite list, and. Oh, I, I, I see you though. I see you. But I, I'm <laughs> yes glad and no. Yes and no. But go ahead. So, uh, what did you think about Wale? I will go out and say it right now between the battle of all the albums that dun, came out, dun, dun. all of them, I think Wale took it. You, you're putting him three on the list from what I can see, but I think Wale took it. He had the most replay value. His lines stuck yeah. out to me the most. There's a lot that I didn't catch. Yeah, we're there only because I'm 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 one of those I'm one of those rare males that don't know much about sports, <laughs> so I can tell what references were to a sport line. Cause those yeah. are the ones that I didn't get, but I can tell they were deep because I could just you know I I yeah. could imagine. Um, yeah, I, I I have a whole criterion list of his dope <laughs> stuff, so I'll, I'll just say I'll just say that he won, he took the cake, and we'll dodge in deeper the more yeah. we talk about the album. How'd you feel? No, I thought the album was awesome. I I think the uh, the album is fantastic. I would give it almost four and a half stars. I'd give it probably like four point two five stars in that range. <laughs> I thought it was dope. Like and uh, as the story goes on um, the Life and Times uh, Elliot Wilson YouTube channel, they uh, he interviewed Wale's manager and Wale was t- or Wale's manager was talking about how much of a hand in the production and the overall putting together of the CD that uh, that Wally had. He like he really had his hand in the production and everything and it really tells. You could tell that he was excited and happy about making this album and it really shows. Going back to the J. Cole thing, you could tell J. Cole was either under a lot of pressure or J. Or J. Cole himself wasn't feeling the direction. You could really feel J. Cole was disconnected on that CD and this one Wally was in that motherfucker. And it was dope. I, I really, the only, I think it was only one song that I didn't fully like, and that was the, uh, or no, actually, it was only two songs that I didn't like. One was the Gullible song with CeeLo. I was kind of in the middle with it, and it's my personal hating, because I'm a conspiracy theor- or theorist. And so I felt like he was making fun of us. Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. That was part of the genius about <laughs> and he kinda, it. Kind of, it just kind of hurt my feelings. Like, oh, you talking about me on this one? And <laughs> so I don't know. I that, but uh, the only song that I honestly, honestly just didn't really like too much is that Clapper song. And it's I hate Nicki Minaj, <laughs> and I thought the hook was kind of lazy, and just that song yeah. I wasn't that much of a fan of. But it's other straight single. Yeah, it, 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 for the radio and all that. But other than that, every other song on there, fucking four stars, is fucking fantastic. I love the outro with Seinfeld. I thought that was <laughs> fucking genius. It was due. It, it was just so dope that you have Jerry Seinfeld, who is this comic legend, and then you have him in the studio with Wale, who's this up-and-coming rapper, and Wale's like, I'm sorry, comedic legend, I ain't got nothing for you. It was just <laughs> the arrogance in it. I was like, oh Such my God, that's dope. <laughs> just to be like, I'm sorry, Seinfeld, you got to come another time because I'm busy. That was dope. That was dope. But no, yeah, for... 4.25 to 4.5 stars. I think the only reason why I didn't get five stars for me is uh, like going back to the attention deficit, uh, like the 90210 track. He didn't have one of those tracks that to pull on my heartstrings. He didn't have one of those songs that really kind of 
pulled on my heartstrings. That was the only thing, like, it was dope. And just like you said, I think replay value, it might be... Actually, yeah. I mean, replay value, I'm pretty... I'm a... I'm going to be listening to this CD for years to come. And I'm not going to grow tired of this CD. Because it, it was soulful. I mean, my, yeah, like, yeah. And, and it, it, like you can hear live instrumentation, yes. uh, instruments. So not only it's not it's not so much process. Yeah, it tracks like Clappers, which you know is a straight single. I mean, you have Nicki yeah. Minaj. In a, if you have Nicki Minaj in a song, that means you want to sell. You want to yeah, show this bitch's ass. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, the songs were very organic. They had that like I said, real funk feel, similar to if you guys mess with the Robin Thicke's new stuff. It sounds like old, you know, old funk classics, but yeah. modernized, where you can kind of you, you can kind of get get jive with it as far as heartstrings go me me kind of having my spiritual conflicts and whatnot yeah you, you bring up jesus or jesus and you once you start bringing that up then that's that you're, you're playing with fire and when i thought that was really smart about the jesus peace track on on the album mm, yeah. he talks about how um how you know we, we rock this jesus piece yeah. but don't nobody want to know about jesus peace yeah and I thought that was kind of deep. No, it was deep. It was deep. I will give that. It, um, I don't know. I, I'm a, not moody, deep. Um, <laughs> it, like, it was, uh, introspective, if you will. But it, like I said, I don't know. It, it was something about that 90210 record, going back to Attention Deficit, that really caught my attention. And I don't know. It just, it didn't have that one song that from that standpoint caught my attention but I will say like there's songs on there that I gave five fucking stars to on my iPod like the joint uh, the Heavens Afternoon with Meek Mill I fucking love that record and I especially love that record because I'm not a fan of Meek Mill at all I do not like that dude and I think that Wale brought the best out of him. And he it's did. funny because I love the part on Meek Mill's verse when, you know, he's killing the verse with the flow and then he loses the beat. And I love that he mentioned it. Do you know what line I'm talking about? I'm going to bring it up. Uh, let me hop over See, here. And another thing about what made Wale so ill is that he's talking shit throughout the whole motherfucking record. And he's talking shit about the people who are even featured on the record. Like, if you want to go to to Bricks, he's saying, he's like, Bricks, what these niggas talk about? Yeah. Bricks. And what was, what was, what, <laughs> Yo Gotti. Yo, well, Yo Gotti. What was he talking about? He was talking about Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then same thing with, uh, to go back to the track for the Heavens Afternoon, the one Meek mill um well i i don't have the lines that he was referencing him in but yeah. one of my favorite ones was um just the thing he would chant say like, we ain't supposed to have nothing like, yeah we ain't supposed to really have shit and that's yeah. so true like we're i don't know and that that actually if i had to pick my favorite record it'd probably be heaven's afternoon i think that was my favorite record and just that line like you said we ain't never supposed to have nothing nothing like i i sometimes i wake up in the morning and i'm just kind of i'm walking yeah. to the kitchen to get something to drink we ain't never supposed to have nothing nothing but uh i'm happy that the fridge is full and whatnot because the lord done blessed uh, us you know, so we ain't supposed to have we shit ain't supposed to have n- but that's my shit but no the wale or excuse me not wale but meek mill my internet's fucking moving slow that's probably why this podcast is uh acting up it stopped on us a couple of times there's some popping artifacts in the background here and there but i don't give a fuck this is raw and uncut and also this is the first fucking episode so we're giving it to first you straight special. this is we're just keeping it 100 percent 
fucking real, and now my shit is popping all over the place. I kind of have like three different uh, operating systems running, using up all the internet. You take I know, out. and I have like fucking <laughs> eight internet channels popped up and shit. And uh, dang, I'm really trying to find this line though. Go ahead and uh, talk to the people. Okay. About- but no, yeah, while I find this, go ahead and uh, just talk to the people you were saying about Vanity. Yeah, no, in, in the track Vanity, which like, so really had my attention, to me, that was the standout track. To me, yeah. that was the one, because, you know, I feel like we're all vain, we're all materialistic, we all, all this whoop-de-whoop. That's what stuck out to me. And uh, and he had said they're playing his day, he, in one of his verses, he says, look at me, you know, look at me, you know, um, what was it, how much pain do you see? Like, understand, yeah. like, we do that, we, we, we wear this this idolized image yeah. because you know what I'm saying I'm really trying to hide my pain me, yeah. I try to crack jokes all the time people who who know me don't take me seriously because they yeah. know you know what I'm saying they all consider me a comedian or something like that but really I'm like the most depressed sad motherfucker on earth that needs Jesus in order to live or else I would have done slip my wrist a long time ago <laughs> but, and, and that's the thing I really like that record too uh, Vanity and I was expecting to see people hating on that record because it kind of had that uh techno bop to it I guess and it, it kind of yeah had that little whatever that electronic kind of sound to it but I thought the record was dope man and same thing like he's saying some real shit like he he's calling people out yo and he really really matured on this CD you could really tell the growth in his artistry over the years <clears throat> that's why like I said I, I did this is the third CD that we're talking about and it's not that I'm hating on it I like I said I'm going in the order of how famous these people are and that's why I put Wale right there that's on the list maybe but I guess yeah you're right and, uh, but no and the line just go go back earlier what I was talking about the Meek Mill line that I thought was funny was uh, how he you know he's riding the beat and then the part when he's like hold up trying to kill me and shit let me get the flow back I was killing this shit and it's funny because i laughed at that line because as i'm listening to it i'm like oh wait he lost the beat and then the second i thought about that he acknowledged on his verse that he had lost the beat and i'm thinking okay i'm glad you caught that too because you was killing it <laughs> and then you like lost the beat in those last couple bars so i just i thought that was humorous that me and meek mill had that moment but uh once shared something sharing something but uh no once again like i said phenomenal if i if you if somebody who listens to hip-hop came up to me and was like yo i need to buy one of these five cds which cd should i buy i would honestly say wale because i think even with uh my girl my girl doesn't uh really listen to hip-hop she's more of an r&b person but um i told her the same thing that um I was like, out of all these CDs, you'd probably listen to this CD more than the other. The other ones you're probably not going to get. And not to say that Wale's CD wasn't deep, but that Mick Mac Miller is a preferred taste. J. Cole is kind of boring. And so it's a preferred taste also yeah. with the new one. And then uh, Yeezus, we'll get into that next. Yeezus was a whole nother machine. And then Jay-Z has his um his ups and his downs and so on and so forth but we'll get into those nets and R- really fast just so I, if you can see the expression on my face i gotta get this out before before we switch it yeah, up yeah. 
given uh, Wale's this record and in, in, in this record of him just talking shit about the more commercial sort of yeah. things, he says this line in that same Vanity song, which talks about look at me, look at me, you know, okay. how much pain do you see? He says, you don't pay for no pussy, but you pay for what they see. And oh. that, that, that kind of goes back into, you know, why you gotta stay clean and you gotta have the fresh, the J's, and which I, that's gonna start a whole other argument there, but I mean, you're... <laughs> That's yeah. that's what I leave it to. He's yeah. calling things out that need to be called out because everyone else yeah. are wearing the mask. Yeah, and I appreciate Wale too because he did get a lot of hate when he signed all uh, signed on with Rick Ross, and everybody's like, oh, he sold out. And no, Rick Ross saw a talented young man who wasn't getting an opportunity on Interscope, and he scooped him up. And as you could tell from the music, that Rick Ross doesn't have his hand in it. Rick Ross, the only bit that Rick Ross has his hands in is that Rick Ross has connections through the game. And so Wale maybe could reach people that he couldn't reach before because of the connections with Rick Ross. But you could tell this is all Wale. This is all Wale. And I don't know if it's true or if it should even be brought up, but um, I thought it was kind of weird that Jay, that um, yeah, Wale is mm. managed by live nation yeah or that's actually the other thing which is funny for the people who were like oh wale and j cole and kanye and they're all dropping too quick uh too close to one another and that doesn't make sense it's gonna hurt records record sales at the end of the day jay-z got paid off of all of that (laughs) jay didn't give a fuck that they were all dropping so close to each other because he got paid with every one of those records but yeah he's uh managed by rock nation so yeah, man, that should tell something. But go, let's, let's go and use this. So, uh, yeah, Nets album, the polarizing, ever <laughs> controversial Yeezus album. Now, I will say this before I even get into my feelings about um, the CD. Everybody who listened to it either loved it or hated it. And I myself personally... Sorry, y'all. I loved it. I, I like the CD. <laughs> I liked it. I like weirdness in my life, and it was just where it. But it was one of those things, though. Honestly, first time listening to it, I was like, I don't know about this shit. And then I had to listen to it a couple times. And then now I will say this: um, this is the fourth CD that we're reviewing in the whole shebang of it all. But my rating for this CD. I'm separating this from the other five CDs that came out because I can't, this ain't, it's not a hip hop album. So I'm kind of, I'm not putting this in the same category as the other four CDs. This uh-huh. like, so I'm going to go ahead and give my rating right now. It's about the same as Wale 4.25 to about 4.5, but I'm throwing it in a whole nother. I'm taking it out of the hip hop because it wasn't a hip-hop cd i don't know what it was but it wasn't a hip-hop cd but i thought the cd was dope like i the one thing i like about kanye i like that kanye with every cd is trying to do something different so like he came out with college dropout which was a classic it was a hip-hop classic it was the dope ass fucking album backpacking its best yes 
and then going into late registration i remember uh reading an article that he linked up with john bryan i believe is his yeah. name who was a film yeah he does film scores, scores and all that and so he wanted a big movie kind of feel with it then going into the graduation cd he was saying how hip-hop people were so accustomed to making music um to performing clubs and different things like that and uh in arenas and he wanted to make music that was going to rock out in stadiums he wanted some stadium music and so he went even bigger with the production on that now then you know his mom passed away and then he him and his fiance i forgot her name broke up and so the motherfucker was depressed and going through some shit going in 808s and heartbreaks and you could see that Perfect the transition. motherfucker yeah he was depressed then he came back with my dark beautiful twisted fantasy and he was getting his label popping he was bringing all these other artists up and that was like kind of a, like a posse cut and I, I just like how he switches it up every time you don't know what you're going to get from Kanye like oh it's a new Kanye CD coming out I have no fucking idea what this man is about to do next and going back in time like I'm a big fan of Prince and that's one of the things that was dope with Prince back in the day Prince did so much different type Prince had rock, he had hip hop, he had jazz. Prince did a lot of like, a lot of people don't know this. Prince was in the game for like 30 something, about 30 years or so. Prince has released like 35 fucking albums. So this man has been in the game for 30 years and has literally released a CD every 10 months for 30 fucking years. And it's a gang of shit that he drops like under aliases and he has jazz albums that like yeah. I can't even fucking find because it's not under his name. And shows still sell out. Yeah. Regardless. And I just, uh, you know, though, to bring it all together, the reason why I like Prince is, uh, like, it's ever-changing, and he really pushes the boundary of, like, what genre. can I label this music? Like, what genre is this? Yeah. And that's the one thing I like about Kanye now. Is he doing it perfectly? No. He's not at all. Yeah. But he's figuring it out. And then I think it's good for the culture to kind of push the culture forward. And so that's my um, that's my overall summary of what I thought about the album. Um, Let's get into some key lines because yeah, he, he he dropped in a lot of stuff. And if I could go in a little bit about how oh, I, I, felt, I, I felt the same thing. Yeah, Kanye's doing something different. If anything, I mean, I still I consider him and always will consider him hip hop. I mean, I understand what you, what you mean though by all the genre bends. Because if anything, he incorporated a lot of some, some dubstep, a lot of hard thrash metal rock distortion which is what messed it up for you on Unsight Unsight oh I wish they would admit <laughs> that fucking song differently oh but go ahead, go ahead. that I mean but uh, but pretty much it was a mix of it like, and then he had some some dance hall in there with the, throwing yeah. in some, some old reggae samples which and I'm not too sure if these are samples or if he got these people yeah. in there because I know he's homies with Bonnie Bear or Bon Ivar yeah. um, I know he's sampled him before but I'm wondering like do you figure after sampling somebody and having the money to you probably somebody get him in the studio. Yeah, yeah. more than likely. Um, but on, on site, if we can start with on site, this is what I was ahead. showing you earlier, and I geeked out so much about it because, <laughs> and you know, I don't know what your feelings are on a Kim Kardashian. Either you know you love her and you want to be making I, love to. I, I won't say that I love her, but I will say that um, she's definitely on the can get it list she sought after and quick to all of the kim kardashian haters out there she's a hoe she's an issue shut true, the true, fuck true, true, up true, true, true. she has sets we all fucking have sets she did a 
fucking sets tape and got famous off of it. I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, she is beautiful. At the end of the day, she does have a nice body, even if she fucking paid for it. I don't care. And all the dudes out there that hate on her, shut the fuck up. If she knocked on your door right now and was like, give me some dick. You'd be like, here's the <laughs> You would not simple. say no. You yeah, so it's whatever. Like, she's, she's beautiful. Now, I, I don't think I could be in a relationship with a Kim yeah. Kardashian because she looks like a conversation with her would be like deer in the headlights. But we're not talking relationships yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. We're talking about bumping uglies. <laughs> and I would bump uglies <laughs> with Kim Kardashian if I was single. I know my girl is probably going to listen to this. I'm going to, you know. And you know, to kind of get you out of trouble, and let's go back to like <laughs> Kanye says, and he's not, he's not afraid to poke at it, which I'm yeah. guessing he was talking about it because it's pretty damn obvious when he says, I know she likes chocolate. And <laughs> she got more niggas <laughs> off than Cochran. And, and we get this bitch rocking like Parkinson's. Like, yes. That was so ridiculous. And I, and I love that going back to the Cruel Summer uh, album. He had mentioned that on the um, fucking the record with Big Sean and uh, it was a single. Uh, click was that the name of the song? Click? Ain't the, nobody fucking with my click. Uh-huh. But click. the one where he talks about the how someone got famous off of yeah when the line when he's like uh, my girl got famous off her own home movie like I love that <laughs> he's aware of her history and he doesn't give a fuck and that's the other thing too once again going back to relationship people if everybody knew what their current person that they're dating if they knew all the skeletons in their closet mm. it's that whole thing like okay Kim Kardashian is famous and that's the reason why we know all of this you know there's plenty of go to any fucking porn website and click on the amateur section and you got a gang of fucking people doing sets tapes and they're not all hoes they're just fucking recording fucking <laughs> and it it just so happens that this chick was famous and she got even more famous off of it but I don't give a fuck now I also going back to the whole relationship thing I don't think I could be in a relationship with a chick that I could instantly hop on the internet and see a fucking black dick in your mouth. Just I I I I just would like to think in my head that I was the only one. This is the only <laughs> penis that has been anywhere near your mouth. Like, I don't want to be able to hop on the internet and find that. But that's uh, yeah. So uh, I'm not Muslim. And I don't buy virgins online. But. <laughs> but like you said, yeah, he had some lines. He had some shit like uh, going to the I'm in it record when he's talking <laughs> about. Uh, uh, no, go ahead. You got it in front of you. I know you yeah, got it in front of you. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh my god, I mean, it was my shit. And maybe this might might be the insane creepy Catholic bastard in me. Um, but when he says this line about um, what is it, black skins uh, sipping white wine, yeah. fist in, fist inside of it like a civil rights sign, and he talks yeah. about something about holding it till the till the right time, and then <laughs> and it pretty much comes on the track and it sounded all crazy. Like that was, that was good use of studio effects. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and that's my favorite song on the CD going back to what we were saying earlier like I first listened to it I didn't get it because it has that kind of dance hall Jamaican element and then it's or he has the techno shit and then the deep vocal distortion and then it goes into the reggae like I was and then it goes back to the rap and then it ends with the 
at the end where I thought that uh, the weekend should have did the close to that. It, just, it was it switched so many times. I got so confused listening <laughs> to that song. But after listening to it so many times, that is a fucking fantastic song. It's a great song. Good, good spacing, good time, yeah. good. I mean, exactly. Part of it too, which kind of made me feel like he just didn't give a fuck. He felt like yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want because I can switch it up as many times as I yes. want. And you go listen, yeah, because you got the shit in your CD player. Right and now. I'm Kanye, bitch. Listen to my <laughs> shit. Arrogant. And it, there's, there's not a whole lot of lines. Actually, I made a little list. Like I said, uh, here's some of the things. Yeah, Ryan Or some of yeah. them. All right. So kind of the the track uh, to jump over new slaves, which obviously was was a big one. And like I said, there was no. Two tracks. There's no tracks that sounded similar to to uh, New Slaves yeah. and um, what is it? Black the skinhead? Black Skinheads. Yeah. Those were very political. Very. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking he's taking it to the Talib. You know, most deaf yeah. days. You know, pro-black sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, but and I wrote that blog on that after hearing New Slaves and um, Black Skinhead. I had a opinion, which I still believe. But after the CD. Ooh, excuse me. After the CD came out, he didn't fully go that direction. But I wrote the blog because my upcoming album is called A Different State of Black, and I'm talking about different things blog, going on way. in black culture and different stereotypes that we go through, and also different things that we kind of hurt ourselves. Like going back to earlier, we're talking about the Trayvon thing, and I'm talking about we need more black cops and group economics and so on and so forth. And I talk a lot about that on my album. And then when Kanye did his Saturday Night Live performance, with new slaves and black skinheads and he was talking very pro-black I had a theory which I still agree with me and Kanye both were people who wear our hearts on our sleeves and we're both African American men who are dating white women now and so our albums became us over compensating for dating white women and how you're going to kind of get looked at. So I'm going to show you how black I am in my music, motherfucker. <laughs> and I We're think raw. Raw. Got to let it swing, you know. <laughs> but I, I genuinely felt that, that was the direction they was going. But then once the album came out, he did something else with all the rest of it. And I was like, okay, that isn't quite what he did. But I do feel that that's where the black skinhead and the new slaves records came from. Him being a black black man in America dating a white woman and you gotta kinda you people talk oh he's that brother with the white girl and so you okay let me show you how fucking black I am motherfucker yeah. that's why I took from it so and, it, and, another, and that's, that's kind of what's funny in that same song he talks about if I knew what I knew what if I known what I knew in the past or yeah. so, something I like that I've been blacked out on your ass yeah <laughs> that's, all the more that adds up to the commentary and actually now that you mentioned it uh, that overcompensation was one of the yeah. parts that I told you I felt J. Cole was J. Cole yeah. was one half uh, missing creative control. Yeah. Another half overcompensation because he's yeah. trying to size up with Jay Z and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but new slaves, just some of the things that people went crazy on Twitter. Everybody fucking retweeted. I'd rather be a dick than a swallower. <laughs> Proving more <laughs> to the fact that, that they're that they're a follower by fucking <laughs> no. saying the goddamn thing. That was the greatest fucking thing. He's making fun of followers, and then everybody's retweeting that shit. All of y'all are being fucking. Fo- he's talking about that's you. And then, uh, then he went really dumb on uh, that same track, the new slaves. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm about to wild the fuck out. Yeah. Go and Bobby Boucher. Yeah. I, I don't know if I mean maybe because I'm a big Adam Sandler fan yeah. and I never heard anybody reference Waterboy yeah. like that. I was like, holy shit, that was kind of that was yeah. kind of genius. 
there's there was that and uh I mean Bound Two which kinda got him back on his like backpacker yeah. and this is a sampled beat, no yeah. sense anywhere around yeah. and he's talking about just being real and he talks about what is it one girl uh what was it one good girl worth a thousand bitches and, <laughs> and he says a, he says a line that kind of scared me he's like he's like if a he say if a real nigga holds you down you're supposed to drown yeah got a little rapey a little really rapey and then and then for then being that we're calling it being rapey he's like admitting it's the first step <laughs> <laughs> he says that ain't nobody perfect, but I mean, but that's funny. I, just no, I, def- I definitely think that it's a good CD, and for the people who are just going out flat saying that it sucked, I don't think it sucked. I either you didn't get it or you're not giving it a chance because it doesn't sound like your regular hip hop. It's a wrap up my my thoughts like on Kanye and his whole ever evolving whatnot. Kanye and 50 Cent kind of came up around the same time. And you see that oh, Kanye is still popping. The reason why Kanye is still popping is because he stopped, he he evolved as an artist. And 50 Cent ain't popping anymore because he kept trying to recreate Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. And that's the reason why we're talking about Kanye and nobody's talking about 50 except for when he's cussing out his son on a fucking voicemail. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Oh, my God. Man, you think he leaked was... it? Because the way, the way that it showed, yeah. if you look at the pictures, they gave highlight to... Because I have an iPhone, so you can okay. tell it came from an iPhone phone. And I, it may have come from him. His people might have leaked it, even though it's not a good look for him because he, 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 can listen, he, he wasn't able to go to some kind of event. So yeah. I don't know if it was an MLB thing or an yeah. NBA thing. He wasn't allowed to go to it because of the controversy and then you know all, the, that, all yeah. that domestic violence and whatnot. See, and that's the thing, too, because it wouldn't surprise me if 50 did leak that off of the strength that... 50 is one of those firm believers in that there's no such thing as bad press. Right. Anytime they're talking about you is a good thing. So it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. And kind of to be in defense of 50, even though he doesn't need no yeah. defense team because he has yeah. money for that, I feel, um, musically, yeah. yeah, he's kind of not so much inclined, but dude's actually out there doing boxing promotions yes. and all he, this SMS audio he stuff. He is still relevant, but just not in the hip-hop world. Yeah. But in the business world, he is still very relevant, and he's still doing his fucking thing. And then just to wrap up about the whole uh, him and his son, my other thing for the people who were like, oh, I can't believe he we don't know what's going on in their personal life we don't know the relationship that those two people have and we only know those texts we don't know what what led up to that point because i know i've had my fair share of texting rants to say something fucked up to somebody if you were to take just that part you'd be like oh arizona verse ain't shit but it's like well you didn't see what led to that point and so i mean hey I won't judge I, I until you walk a mile in a man's shoes you can't judge him and that's how I feel about fifty and his old son thing. So but uh so last album, uh, the one that I know my man Dick Popo has been waiting <laughs> to talk about. Jay Z Magna Carta, Holy Grail. What'd you think? 
And be honest, I know I'm not mad. Well, all right. <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard for me to even to even grasp on 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 how the album was because it was listenable. Yeah. You know, it was it was, it was you know <laughs> I I love the production work on it. Yeah. I mean that's a little bit I'm a little bit biased in that aspect just because I'm a big Timberland fan. Mm. Um, I mean lyrically, I mean I guess he didn't disappoint, but a lot of just how the Wale got me. The reason why Wale yeah. got me so much because there's a lot of lines that stuck out to me. And Jay Z's thing, there wasn't too many lines that stuck out to me, and it mm. kind of feel like like he's just because he's so big, yeah. he's just naturally supposed to... You were supposed to just suck his dick and just give him credit <laughs> just because of who he is. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's taking the time to make an album? Oh, well, then it's classic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I know you love him. He definitely has yeah. lyricism. And, and there's little key things that... Because mind you, you know, since Reasonable Doubt, he's telling yeah. stories, doing other things, and then he's evolved. He's become different some somebody. Yeah. Um, but only only there's only seldom times where I feel he shows his lyrical prowess. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the one one track, and you probably probably no one really liked it, but the one track that stuck to me, his last album, which was what the Carter was it Carter Four or uh, Blueprint Three. Blueprint Three. Yeah. Uh, or even before that, well, it was the one that had Venus versus Mars. Was that Blueprint? Yeah, that was Blueprint. Songs like that, as an example, not only did it have really good Timberland production, that was fun, it was playful, but in the song, he's talking about women, you know, the old saying, women are from Mars. He had real good wordplay on that song. Wordplay like a motherfucker. That I didn't see, and because of that, because I didn't catch that, maybe 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 because there's a lot of sport references and your boy Papa don't know a goddamn thing about (laughs) basketball, because he's just a poor little lean that watches football, not even that. Uh, There wasn't very many things that stood out to me. And then, I guess my hate Hatred kind of makes me blind to what I was hearing, <laughs> but out of all that, cause I will admit yeah. that I, I just straight up hate the man, uh, w- whether it be for uh, secret society sort of purposes or what have you. Yeah, cause that's a big deal. Let's not talk about that. But there was one line, and this may be because I, I feel because I'm a little bit suicidal and I feel like I'm a mm. I'm a god. I and, the song off of Nickels and Dimes, he talks about, I had to cut myself just to make sure that I bleed. Yeah. That's a big line. Yeah. Because I forget, I forget if it was Caesar or one of them uh, used to have a guy that would follow him because people would praise you and, you know, start praying yeah. to you. He'd have a guy that tells him, you're but a man. You're but yeah. a man. You're nothing but a man. Yeah. So to have to be reminded <clears throat> that you're not a god. Kind mm-hmm. of says something. So out of all the shit that he talks about, bitching about having to go to bar, having a bitch about needing a vacation in the Hamptons, <laughs> which upset me. Which mind you, maybe it's just because I don't live that life, so maybe that's why he yeah. didn't appeal to me. But that one line is what actually got me. Sometimes I, I'm so hopped up on myself yeah. that I had to cut myself just to make sure that I believe. Like okay. I damn and, respect. And that I think was one of the better lines on the entire CD. And now, once again, I'm a big Jay Z stand. And stand. Okay. I'm a stand. Admitted it. Okay. I, I'll admit it. I'm There's a, a reason why he's number one on the list. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> but no, also because I knew our uh, opinions of this one differed so much. So I was, I'll save this one for last. I bet. And I personally, I thought it was a good CD. And I actually would say, because this is like Jay-Z's 12th album, I would put it in his top half of his CDs. But with me saying that, I agree wholeheartedly his wordplay was not up to par on this CD. He didn't have those great lines or punchlines that stood out of uh, what he did in the past. But the one thing that he did on this CD was speaking esoterically of the double entendres where it kind of goes back to like the Simpsons when you grow up watching the Simpsons and you watch it as a kid and you take it on one level and then when you see it as an adult you're like oh wait they're talking about this you see the underlinings and uh oh I think the fam bam has showed up <laughs> as we're getting into 
We come in. Yeah. Oh, she. Oh, and the wife has just stepped in with the kiddos. And we have company. And I guess I should still be talking at this time. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Oh, oh, my son just stepped up. Kai, Kai, come here. Come here. Say hi to the good people out there. Yeah, speaking to the mic. Ooh. Say hello. Yeah. Hello. Say, this is Kai. And who's that? Who's with you? Riley? Riley. Why are you getting all shy? Because the mic's in your face. No, we are almost done. We're wrapping up the final segment. And, um, yeah, I'm keeping this in the podcast. This is real life. This is real life right now. Real things happen. Real things happen in uh, real life. And um, man, Mexican has to get the door. <laughs> help with all the heavy you items. go ahead and get that, man. Let that white woman in. Go in there and get that. Yes, Master. <laughs> but, uh, no, the thing with Jay-Z, um, he spoke um, esoterically. And the two records that really stood out was Oceans and the Heaven Song. Now, yeah. Oceans, I'm, I'm a big fan of Frank Ocean. I was like, oh, this song sounds dope. And, you know, the production's real good and so on and so forth. But then I went on Rap Genius and I was reading the lyrics and I was reading the meaning behind it. And Oceans was a lot deeper than I thought it was. They were talking about the whole uh, spilling champagne over the side of the yacht and so on and so forth. And the whole um, the meaning behind the song was basically uh, black people coming from slavery. And now you're part of the black elite. And so now you're on a yacht pouring champagne into the same oceans that your ancestors crossed to come to this country. And then uh, there was a line where he said something about uh, something like being on a boat, swoosh, and then um, I'm balling, swoosh. And it's the same reference of the slave boat on the dock and the water hitting up against it and it's swooshing. And then also as you ball and you make a shot and swoosh. And mm. so it was like that it's record. Double okay. Yeah. And I didn't even catch it until, like I said, and once again, that's the people on Rap Genius. That's their opinion of the and I was reading, I was just like, wow, that I already like this the song, but it got even deeper with that. And then to add to the effery, I'm not cussing anymore since we have uh two year olds in the building right now. I gotta watch my mouth. But uh the song Heaven, the Illuminati song, um that record was crazy naturally as, as i'm talking i'm gonna go ahead and bring up the lyrics because it was a couple of uh couple things he said on there that i want to point out for all of my um all of my um illuminati stands out there um <clears throat> the record was just uh him finally addressing the rumors that everybody's been talking for years that jay-z's part of the illuminati and secret society and so on and so forth it's kind of one of those things where you could ignore for so long people are still saying what they're saying about it and then you could be like oh he addressed it on the freemason song with uh rick ross when he was like i said that i'm amazing not that i'm a mason and people were still like oh well you you didn't say that you didn't say you know it's kind of one of those things where he's in a position where no matter what you say people are going to 
take their own opinion. Perception is reality, so people are gonna believe what they believe. But then this song, this man um, essentially admitted that there is something going on. Now, I'm a quick little small lesson on the Illuminati for people. Do I believe the Illuminati exists? I'm gonna put it out there now, yes. But I don't think the name is correct. Uh, that's the name from the 1700s and there's no telling if that's the name that still was going around and now the other thing is it's not a secret society it's actually a religion it's an elite religion based off of Gnostic Christianity based off of um, the Egyptian mystery schools back in the days and the Jewish cabal and Jay-Z kind of proves that in some of the song or some of the stuff that he's saying in the record. Let me try to find something. So Jay-Z um, finally comes out. And he's like conspiracy theorists screaming Illuminati. They can't believe this much skill is in the human body. And then he's like, all effort, you got me. And he says, question religion, question it all, question existence until those questions are solved. Now, I'm, I'm a studier of uh, history and of religion. You've seen my Instagram at who is adversity. I post a lot of pictures of a lot of books that I read and so on and so forth. This man reads a lot. I read a lot. But um, the whole thing with Gnostic Christianity is uh, one of their main things was you question existence because this realm is not of ours this right. isn't our realm and so you have to essentially going back to the matrix you have to unplug yourself to the matrix to ascend past this world and get to the next life or whatnot to meet finally meet god and that's what the gnostics believe and so they it's about questioning your existence and it's also the other thing is questioning religion in the sense of that the gnostics and the orthodox christianity had beef with one another and that's something once again if you go to my different state of black.wordpress.com i actually have an eight part 20,000 plus word blog series on the Gnostic Bible and the stuff that they believe some crazy stuff and uh, we'll get into that a whole nother day that I could do another four hour podcast just yeah. talking about that stuff but uh, some of the other stuff that he mentioned uh, on there is he one line that really stood out he said have mercy on a Judas that stood out <laughs> for me because in the Gnostic Bible Judas has his own gospel now, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it's blasphemous. They're do but the thing is, from the Gnostic point of view, and the Orthodox Christians had a completely different opinion of this, is that Judas and Jesus were in on it. And that Judas, or that Jesus needed Judas to turn on him so he could get killed so then he would get crucified. And that Jesus and Judas had an understanding and that there's a gospel from Judas of him talking to Jesus and Jesus saying that you are going to basically become the face of the enemy or whatnot, but I need you to do this to me so that these people will crucify me and so that uh, the prophecy can be fulfilled. He needed someone to turn on him and then he came to Judas. And so it was interesting for Jay-Z to say have mercy on a Judas because once again going with Gnostic Christianity, that's one of their things. And then um, it was something else that was interesting. He, uh, he says, I confess God in the flesh. That's another thing with Gnostic Christianity. They believe that you can't find God in church, but you find God within yourself. So that's that whole 
whole god body thing and then he mentions uh live among the serpents that's another tricky thing gnostics actually believe that the serpent in the uh garden of eden was actually the good guy in that story because and i saw your eyes perk up and i'm trying to i'm trying to keep it short because like i said i can go on and on now i'm digging it though the Gnostics belief is that and this is why a lot of people take it as Satanism and that's the reason why but the it's it's not Satanism that I've, I've read blogs and people are like well the Gnostics say that God is the devil and that the devil is God no Gnostics believe that the creator of this world is the devil and that you have to separate yourself from this world to meet God in the next realm and they reference the Garden of Eden and how God was hiding knowledge from the people and the serpent came and said no eat from the tree and that's how you become knowledgeable and that's how you'll uh, be able to rise above and that it was the devil that was tricking man to be stupid and so on and so forth and that that the and that's why the Gnostics kind of not praise, but they have an affinity for the serpent because they think the serpent was trying to take man away from uh, the devil. And then that's the whole, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to uh, make he people think that he didn't exist. And so that's the thing with the Gnostics is that the devil turned the Bible on to people. And so we're worshiping incorrectly. Now that's theological questions for a whole nother day we could get into that and i got some fuckery for you afterwards okay <laughs> but uh yeah so it was just it was certain lines like that that really stood out to me where it was like yeah jay-z basically admitted that he's part of this elite religion and um that's what i took from uh the the album like i said going back it wasn't a whole lot of uh great punchlines or anything like that his wordplay wasn't what it been in the past but those two records it was some deep effery with it, and um, I, I want to talk about the track because I, I, it was one of the, it was a standout track for yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, to kind of go back as to what you're saying, cause I didn't I didn't really know that about um, the, the, them them saying that the serpent was the good guy. Yeah. In a way, and kind of and mind you, I'm, I'm one of those I'm one of those uh, Jesus Bible thumper kind of cats. <laughs> um, in a way, because you wonder how man can be so screwed up. Yeah. Um, and we know we are a vision of our Creator. Yeah. You know, we probably the world is of the devil, and that's probably why you know we're so shysty. And that's one of the things with uh, the whole Gnostic Bible. And actually, I bought the Bible. I'm still reading it. It's so they speak in allegory. It's a lot of stuff where you really got to have a certain level of understanding to get some of the stuff that they're talking about. But um, that is the thing is that that's the reason why the world is so fucked up and like we, we are in our own are in the image of our creator and if our creator in this plane is the devil that's the reason why shit is so fucked up and uh um, message message so it's a whole lot of fuckery like i said i won't fully get into it because i know there's people listening to it that uh there's just one thing, go ahead, go ahead, one go thing. Ahead. And no, because before before yeah. we get out of this because of the heaven and right in the hook the very chorus it goes you know have you ever been to heaven yeah. have you ever seen the gates have you ever bowed unto your highness 
Um, and, and do you know how heaven tastes? And he goes, knock me down. Like one of those things, it's whether it's them questioning whether there is a highness or even yeah. then uh, admitting that there is some sort of highness, yeah. is it good or evil, yeah. you bow down. But when it says knock me down, though, it that just makes it relevant. And, I, and I, I've yeah. ranted to you a lot about how much I love Je- Genesis and the story of the Towers of Babel. Yeah. And how, Excuse you me. know, if, if I can give a quick little reference oh, story, Towers, Towers of Babel being, um, you know, kind of when we all came as unison there was one language there was one view and yeah. we literally try to reach the heavens yeah pretty much get on god's level so what did god do like metaphorically he knocked down the tower so that we all spread we all uh, became different continents spoke different languages because we were working in such unity towards a not so good cause and then to add to the effery of the Gnostics, that the Gnostics use that again to point to why this is the world of the devil, that we were in unison and that we were getting to a higher plane. And then it was the devil breaking us down and separating us. So there will always be confusion and fighting. It's some effery. I'll give yeah. you I'll give you uh, some links. And actually, I do have a uh, I'm going to say it on air. Uh, two podcasts I want you to check out that talks about the Illuminati and this is actually a good portion of the books that I've been reading is uh, researching a lot of this man's stuff my dude Mr. Gates over at Haterazzi.com <laughs> did a uh, two part podcast called Jupiter where he talks about some of the uh, fuckery with the Illuminati and he was the one that put me up on Gnostic Christianity and, and so on and so forth and it's some crazy stuff and I would say it changed my perspective on a lot of different things and not just because oh this person said it so now i believe it but because as i started researching some stuff i started running into some things and it's just like i i don't know but uh i'll pass that on to you You got a flash drive on you uh yeah i okay. actually do yeah i gotta I can, yeah, and like i said take it for what it's worth just listen and hey man i'm just saying and all you people out there too haterazzi.com go ahead and check that out That's and uh so uh, I guess we'll wrap it up on uh, one last thing, some uh, fuckery. There's a lot of fuckery, and I, I, I have a lot of fuckery. And my uh, thing that I want to bring up today is, could Jay Electronica be black Jesus back <laughs> on Earth? Could it be possible? Now, you got to explain this to me because I really didn't understand. And yes. And it, it makes me question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being I'm being half serious and half joking. You know, I know there's some people out there blasphemy. No, I'm not trying to be blasphemous. But I, 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 I am one of the people who, I, you know, I like to question things. I like to just kind of think and kind of open people's minds to certain things. But um, Jay Electronica has one of the most interesting stories. And I really hope this album, whatever it's called, under rock nation finally sees the light of day because i just really want to sit down and break this thing down like it's a novel and figure out what's going on for those who don't know jay electronica he's um like a 36 year old rapper yeah he's old he was young. he's in his mid 30s this dude started rapping when he was like 19 he decided to hit the road and from the age of 19 to like 30 something he essentially just traveled all over the state and he just kind of traveled the world and just kind of saw everything he linked up with some Fox center some other people he does a lot of history study it was actually interesting because i follow him on uh 
Instagram and he fucked me up because he posted a picture of some books on his desk. He had the Gnostic Bible on his desk. And I was like, Mm. oh, we're reading the same thing right now. But uh, he he has a lot of he by the way he speaks, you could tell he's well versed in Christianity and Islam and a whole bunch of different things. And uh, the dude is real deep, and uh, he actually has a baby with Erica Badu, which Erica mm. Badu scares the living shit out of me. I'm gonna be honest because she's dated a lot of guys on Three Three Thousand, Common, Jay Electronica. Every time she dates a guy, by the time they break up, baby, their, their religion changes. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I know Common kind of came into his own after that. Yeah, like Andre 3000 was like normal Andre, and then him and Erica Badu linked up, and then he came that weird Andre after they broke up. The awkward guy. Yeah, Common and her separated, and I'm not, I don't know a lot of Common's history, but I always kind of got a Christian vibe from him. Common? Yeah, I kind of got a Christian Mm -hmm. vibe from him. But then after the two of them separated, I saw something where um, and I could be completely wrong. And if so, I apologize. But um, I saw something about him not necessarily being religious. He's spiritual, but he doesn't subscribe to any particular Mm. religion. And then then you have Jay Electronica. And now Jay Electronica, the story with the two of them, how they met was uh, Erica Badu was at home with her kids and she was homeschooling and so on and so forth. And um, Jay Electronica came to her house. Somebody was introducing her to this new rapper. And Jay Electronica came into the house and he took his shoes off and he was very humble. He came and sat down and she was homeschooling one kid. She's breastfeeding another kid. One of the kids is wilding out and the baby was crying. And Jay Electronica was like, oh, can I see the baby? And she handed the baby to him and the baby immediately stopped crying when he held the baby. And she said it tripped her the hell out. And that's how they made a connection. And then um, it's just odd because now to come to current times and the current fuckery going on with Jay Electronica to all my Illuminati heads out there. Um, anybody who doesn't know, one of the biggest stories that the Rothschild family, which is the biggest banking child in England, is one of the 13 families with the Illuminati. For those who don't know, Jay Electronica and the heir to the Rothschild banking thing are dating now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yo, there was this long story. It came out uh, months ago, but uh, essentially she was starting some type of management thing. She decided to take on Jay Electronica as her uh, one of her clients. The uh, two of them end up having an affair together. Um, her and her other banker, her, uh, her banker husband, separated. The dude like went upside her head. She had to call the cops and all that. Why, why women don't put up with that? Okay. Oh, I'm calling the cops. But uh, and so they separated, and her and Jay Electronica have been dating ever since then. And now there's rumors going around that the two of them are going to get married. And she talks about how Jay Electronica saved her life. Now, once again, if you want to stick with the conspiracy theories, she's part of the Illuminati. Jay Electronica, this man who touches babies and they stop crying, who traveled the world for 19 years <laughs> and knows all about all the religions, has just has just saved this woman from the Illuminati. It just, it's complete fuckery, and it could be all a fairy tale. And, of course, like I said, I'm saying this half seriously and all that. 
But it's just one of those things that's interesting because, like, the people who believe in Illuminati believe that it's the devil on Earth and that they're taking over the world. And then if you have this man, you know, let, let's just say, you know, because it, it says that Jesus is going to come back one day. And let's just say that that's what Jesus does. Let's say he comes back and he gets in with whatever the bad guys are and he breaks it down from the inside out. Yeah. Wouldn't that be what Jesus does? Yeah, he, he has to win. Jay Electronica is black Jesus. <laughs> he has returned. People, Y'all heard it here, folks. You heard it here first at the IBHM podcast. All praise Jay Electronica. And once again, I'm joking. I'm being serious. I'm somewhere in the middle. Whatever. Uh, but this has been fun, man. This has been fun. We uh, got a bunch of hours of shit. <laughs> hours. We, yeah, because we're at like an hour and 17. This is on the second part. We've had a couple times where we had to stop computer jacking up different things. But uh, we're going to give it to the people and um, see what they say. And we're going to continue to improve and grow and figure this thing out and uh we're the plan right now is bi-weekly yeah. but eventually hopefully we can get it to a weekly thing so we can stay on top of current topics and uh all that good shit mostly considering maybe possibly every first and 15th because that's when the money comes in and, oh. uh, you know what I'm saying sell, sell them uh, food stamps so we can buy electricity <laughs> so that we can get these computers running get the wi-fi cracking you did because we got what like eight outlets going on right now we got shit plugged up all over the fucking place to make this happen but we do it for you we do it for you so once again uh hit us up on social media and i forgot to give this earlier but hit us up our email is i'm black he's mexican at gmail.com uh questions comments uh you want to say hey arizona verse fuck you for saying jay electronica is black jesus go ahead and hit, hit up an email i want to hear some shit talking i really do and i'm hoping yeah. that they chat facebook whatever just yes. hop online and talk your shit leave and, it, you know make it peace and then also i already know i'm gonna get this i said yes like a thousand fucking times throughout this podcast i noticed it and i I didn't keep the count if we're doing a drinking game of take a shot every time arizona verse says yes people will be dead right now i know and i'll try to work on that better next time it's the nerves this is our first podcast we don't know what we're doing and and i'll be staring at people weird so you're probably like yeah yes yes you 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 with your hand up you can speak now i've been really quiet normally you know i'm a little out there but you know what i'm saying i'm just i'm just i'm just a mexican so now we'll post this uh the main place where you can find this is ibhmpodcast.podomatic.com we're not on itunes yet because you need to release your first episode before you can get it on itunes but hopefully by the second episode we can have this on itunes and um once again hit us up our facebook fan page is facebook.com slash ibhm podcast the twitter is at ibhm podcast you can hit me up on twitter at who is adversity the youtube is youtube.com slash ibhm podcast we're on Tumblr, ibhmpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on WordPress, ibhmpodcast.wordpress.com. Really quick, what does IMD something stand for? Oh, you didn't know? IBHM, I'm Black Keys Message. There you go, people. Ah, you see what I That's did? He gets it, he gets it, he gets it. 
MySpace.com, SoundCloud.com, both of those slash IBHM podcasts. And if any of you guys are being too lazy to type in any of that, if you didn't remember IBHM podcast, even though I just said the shit 10 times, just go over to IBHMpodcast.webly.com and you can find all those links. And um, actually, also the other thing, make sure you check that out and click on the episodes tab. At the end of every episode, I'm going to put some polls up there where you could, you know, chime in on, uh, you know, which one you thought was the best album. Uh, if you think Jay Electronica is Black Jesus, if you think that we're crazy, I, mean, I don't know. We'll put polls up there. Yeah, I want to see some stuff because I really don't, I don't like all this, uh, all this Jay-Z dick But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just a hater in me because I don't got Beyonce and uh, I don't got multi-platinum records. And just for me, me being uh, a, a counter hater, we're going to end this record <laughs> with Heaven featuring Jay-Z. Oh, Illuminati, wrap it all up. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll see you guys next time. My man. All right. Give me a pound. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam. Right. Peace. Later.
me down. 